grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There are certain situations, especially in a relationship, that almost universally can be seen as, well, annoying. One such situation is when you start a movie or a new TV show, and about 30 minutes into the movie or two or three episodes into the D TV show, your spouse or significant other comes into the room and tries to catch up with what's happening on the fly. Very quickly, you begin to ask questions to your spouse like, well, who's that? Why don't they like each other? What's his job? What's this all about? Earlier this week, I found myself being that sort of annoying individual. My wife had started a new TV show over the Christmas break, and well, one night when I was getting ready for the next day, I saw she was watching something different, and so I sat down, and within minutes, I was asking those same questions. Who's that? What's his job? What's this all about? And so finally, she paused the show, and in what I am contractually obligated to say was a loving and gracious manner, looked at me and said, dude, you're going to interrupt me every 30 seconds. Just go downstairs and watch the first episode yourself. This weekend, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. That special day when Jesus went to the Jordan River, was baptized by John the Baptist. The Spirit of God came down like a dove and rested upon him. A voice from heaven, the voice of God rang out, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. But if we only look at this baptismal account from the lens of Matthew chapter 3 or just from the lens of any of the Gospels, well, we can find ourselves like one watching a TV show two or three episodes in, asking those questions. What does this mean? Who is he? What is this all about? And so for that, we go back. We go back some 600 years to the prophet Isaiah. 600 years before Jesus went to the Jordan River. 600 years before that spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him. And we read what Isaiah prophesies will come from God. Specifically, a servant, a suffering servant. Our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 42 is the first of what are known as the four servant songs. And they're probably known in reverse order from greatest to least. The last, the fourth of those servant songs is that traditional reading from Good Friday, that he would be pierced for our transgressions like a lamb led to the slaughter. The third is what is often read on Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry. The second is the assigned reading for next week, and well, the first is what we have today. Where we read, Isaiah prophesied directly from the, the Lord, behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or discouraged. The coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread it out on the earth, who gives breath to its people. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light to the nations opening the eyes that are blind, bringing out from the dungeon the prisoner. 
I am the Lord, this is my name, and my glory I give to no other. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. And yet, before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. See, our Old Testament reading quite dramatically introduces just who this suffering servant is going to be. He is going to be one that is, well, a a servant. Behold my servant. He is going to be one for whom the Spirit of God rests. He's going to be one in whom the soul of God delights. In other words, with him, God is well pleased. And so in that baptism of Jesus, in that account from Matthew chapter 3, we see very clearly that in his baptism, Jesus is this chosen suffering servant of God. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the one foretold, the one promised, the one that the angel Gabriel would say to Joseph will truly save his people from their sins. But furthermore, we see in this gospel account from Matthew 3, in Jesus' own words, that this suffering servant knows what he came to do. He approaches John, and John says, who am I to baptize you? A very reasonable question, after all. Jesus says to him, it is to fulfill all righteousness. That brief phrase explains not only why Jesus needs to be baptized, why he chooses to be baptized, but exactly what he's coming to do, to make us, to make this sinful world to make poor, miserable sinners like you and I right with God once again. And certainly that beloved Son of God would make things right through great service on our behalf, through great sacrifice on our behalf. And though it would be difficult, though he would even in that garden cry out, he would not grow faint or discouraged, but do exactly what he came to do. And truly that servant, that suffering servant of God, what he came to do is culminated in that last, the most well-known of those servant songs. That like a lamb led to the slaughter, he would be pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our own iniquities. And yet on a day like today, like on the account of the Mount of Transfiguration, we see God confirm in Jesus' baptism that this beloved son, this suffering servant, This one in whom he is well pleased, well, he is sent not just for the children of Israel, not just for the the Jewish people, but even all the way back in Isaiah 42, it is prophesied that he will come as a light for the nations. Or as Simeon would sing out in the temple, a light for the Gentiles, a light for you and for me. And it would be through our own baptism that we would be connected to him, where we would be called, connected, cleansed by God himself. See, as I thought about this text this week, there was one phrase, one verse that kept sticking out. It's Isaiah 42, verse 6, that God says that his chosen servant, his suffering servant, would be called in righteousness, led by the hand of God, kept to be a covenant for the people, to be that light for the nations. And I couldn't help but be struck by how this baptismal account in Matthew 3 is the great reversal 
that Jesus, the one who was sinless, comes to the waters of the Jordan River so that it would be confirmed that he would be the one to take on the sins of the world. And that we who are so sinful, so full of our own iniquities and guilt, well, we get to come to that font. We get to come to those baptismal waters and be cleansed of those sins that should rightly be held against us. That Jesus came to that Jordan River so that he could take on those very sins that our baptismal grace, our baptismal life cleanses us from. See, it is impossible to disconnect Jesus' own baptism from ours. Paul makes sure that we don't in our epistle reading saying, do you not know that those of you who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? But that just as he was raised from the dead, so too will we. That in that baptismal grace, in that baptismal life, well, we get to walk in a whole new reality. We get to walk and live, exist in that newness of life found only in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like I said, that one verse kept sticking out to me all week, that it would be the hand of God that would lead Jesus throughout his ministry, that throughout his ministry, Jesus would cry out, would pray, would celebrate, and at sometimes even grieve the reality of, Father, thy will be done. That he was led by the hand of God himself, kept in the will of his Father all the way to the cross, Also that the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world could lead us by the hand. So that when we come to those baptismal waters, we find ourselves called not in condemnation, but in Christ's righteousness. Clothed in Christ's righteousness. That's why we have a robe on the front of our baptismal font. Because it is in that water and the word of holy baptism, the promise of baptism, that God clothes us in his son's righteousness. And he leads us by the hand, leads us throughout this messy world, leads us, leads us throughout our messy lives, leads us even when we have turned away for so long and can't help but come back to him and say, I repent. I am a poor, miserable sinner. And it is through the hand of God that we are kept in that baptismal faith. It is a life-giving faith, a faith rich in his grace and in his mercy in the new birth of the Holy Spirit. It's a faith and a life that God comes to bring to us, not just on a baptismal birthday, not just on a remembrance like this, but each and every day of our life. Morning by morning is new mercies he brings. And I'm struck wondering at times, How could it be that this suffering servant, this one who lived so righteously, would allow himself to be led to a place like the cross, would subject himself to the torture and the abuse and the hatred of a sinful world? And you remember it's all so that he can reach out and take us, keep us, and guide us in that baptismal reality. A reality that does not just end at our earthly days, but a newness of life that continues into eternity. Something that truly does make us right once more with God.
one of the most amazing things to me is when you get to remember that baptism and you start to think, I don't remember it. It was a moment that's so important in my life, and yet because I was so little, well, I can't tell you if it was cloudy or sunny. I can't tell you what the carpet was of the, the church I was baptized. I don't even remember if the water was warm or freezing cold. And yet it is in our baptismal life we remember that none of that matters. All that matters are the words that God brings to us that day, the promises that he brings to us that day. And remembering that each and every day, redeemed by the blood of that suffering servant, we are given that gift of newness of life, life found in his beloved son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.